0: Hi, folks, I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 5th of January 2020. Ooh, scary to say that, isn't it? And I used to always find that, even at school, it's amazing how something just could give you flashbacks to different eras. And I used to find it odd that we'd all, pretty well, the whole class would try and and stay a year behind when it was as a change over time. You'd automatically put down the year as it had just been, and nothing really changes. I think it's, there's probably trepidation in society, especially the way that we're managed and conditioned to live under forms of fear of one kind or another, mainly from government authorities really, and there are agencies, there's lots of agencies working to, with government authorities, as you well know. Even newspapers are part of the structure. And years and years ago, I gave talks on that from from different professors, including Quigley, who talked about the Anglo-American establishment and how they got, they got Britain ready for World War II by terrifying the public that they're all going to get gassed, number one, by the Germans – and bombed out of their houses across the whole country and to make the people you understand we're treated like a herd and there's no time more obvious than even now uh, as we get the same repetitions of the same quotes in fact of the previous wars for the last 25-30 years really all across the Middle East mainly and parts of Africa too but uh, it's fascinating to see the same quotes, you know, given to the public To terrify you, really to, Which really meant to make you behave and knuckle down, as they call it And it's so sad, here we are in a brand new year again It doesn't even feel uh, optimistic, as we say It hasn't been optimistic for a long time for most people Because we're, not, we're in a stagnation mode And it's intentional, and it's managed but Folk have no idea how managed things really are. Uh, We think we're making our own decisions. We think that uh, uh, we're doing what we want to do, right down to even fashions. And I I, I used to give talks on that because it is fascinating how every generation thinks uh, uh, this is their time. Uh, The youth are always used, always used for big agendas, and they never know it themselves. They think they're making their own decisions and they're given uh, false leaders who are well-educated, way above uh, the, the average uh, uh, person they're going to lead, in fact, at least educated in their mission, which is to change society in in a predicted manner for the authorities or for the elites. And nothing has changed there, except there's way more of them than there used to be, and awfully well-paid, in fact, pretending that they're... you. I can remember a long time ago when they used... Uh, uh, the pop in the rock industry uh, as a form of revolution and it was meant to be that of course it was I, and and um, jerry marsden i remember him talking a long time ago who, who had a few hits and uh, and he had jerry and the pay, the pacemakers that were happy happy songs he, the girl boy type songs and that they were that was quite normal up until then and he, he was talking about the change that came in with the seriousness with the beatles and so on They started getting serious and political And it changed everything And the old fun stuff uh, Was tossed out the window Because after all, the society was to change They didn't want boy-girl-get-married type of thing They wanted a big uh, They wanted dysfunctions in society To to change it And to try to reduce marriages, etc The communist idea, of course Communism uh, There's different fronts for the same thing uh, Different terms but for the same thing As we all know but it is quite amazing to, to think that uh, every generation, as I say, thinks they're doing their own thing. Nothing's further from the truth. Nothing at all is further from the truth. I used to wonder, even at school, uh, looking at the, the, the old paintings of people who ran countries in Europe, including Britain too, who used to wear wigs and tights, you know, tight silk stockings for the upper crust and so on. Vastly different, of course, from the, the, the majority of the people who were the working class. But the ones who ruled them with their buckles on their shoes and their silver stockings and their wigs and their handkerchiefs and their tucked into their bottoms off their sleeves and all that. And they wore rouge and things, eh? And, and this was, is this was the manly thing. You say, well, wait a minute, who brought this stuff in here? Who brought it in? And a lot of it was brought in from France. That was way ahead of most countries at that time for leisure and the lifestyles of leisure, as they called it. And unfortunately, the ones who ran Britain also adopted that, too, that whole idea. And I'm sure, too, they thought that they were making their own decisions and what they were going to wear. It's all laid on for you. I used to, when I was really small, I looked. to remember watching um, little clips on Mao Zedong or you see him in newspapers, with his blue tunic-type outfit on, with the collarless idea. It's very similar, in fact, to the Beatles' uh, uh, uniform that they came out with. They were given too. They didn't design anything, of course, but part of their makeup too was to have this kind of outfit, the Beatles' suit, that didn't have the real collar on it, with the, the Mao Zedong one. Was the one that Hillary Clinton likes to wear at times, even today. Uh, it's an up a, a, a collar that goes up more like a priest collar, only it's just part of the blue outfit of the tunic, and and had the blue pants on to match it. The idea, you see, under comradeship, everyone would be the same, and and this would help to eliminate the class system. That's also why they pushed for the elimination of school uniforms. You know. And so you'd all be the same, basically. So they you give you, a, basically, a tunic-type outfit to wear. And in the West, when I saw people who were older than me wearing the jeans, 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 that was all the fad for the youth. And they had bell-bottom jeans, too, for them. But the fact of jeans, jeans, jeans... And again, they were blue, kind of like Matsu Tong's outfit. And they even gave blue, blue Levi type jackets you could get as well. So your uniform really looked much the same as, as a, a bit, maybe a bit better made or whatever than the communist system. But folk never figured it out. They just wore it. You see, you'd buy it and wear it, thinking you're making your own decisions, you're trendy, you're in, and all that kind of stuff. But that's how it's, how it's managed. We're managed by big, big powers. And if you remember that the whole idea, and I'm sorry to jump into this just off the bat, I was going to say, first of all, I hope you all go over, over your, your new year and uh, and didn't get too wasted or whatever you did or ate too much uh, because it's, you're liable to do that, um, probably an hour out of panic <laughs> because you really don't see much good coming down the pike. And it's like Groundhog Day, as they say. As we wake up to it, repetition of the wars With the same excuses by the same peoples and so on But yeah, when you think about decisions And what you do and all the rest You have no idea of the incredible powers at work to, to manage you all And you think about even the computer I mean, they used to joke at one time In the early sci-fis Well, early, you know, early-ish uh, sci-fis From the 1960s, you can see them and sometimes '70s, and Britain did a few like that, where they'd, they'd have this alien creature that was like mainly a big brain, uh, and maybe a few tentacles coming out, but it was it was stuck in, a, it was stuck in a, a, a big chair type deal. I thought as a child, I thought, I thought, you know, the authorities would be awfully happy to have us all stuck in chairs, because I, I knew already, and, and I knew enough. Uh, of the, the the war, the last war the, that time it was World War Two, And then the Korean War The authorities on all sides Had restrictions on travel As an example And you were supposed to live in your own community And in the Soviet system That was really way ahead of its time uh, with, with, with its uh, restrictions And so on And you must stay within your little community area But they even had curfews on at night And things like that Um and I, I thought, wouldn't it be I guess their whole idea would have us all stuck in a chair And and some of the sci-fis They had the withering away Even articles about it well, Eventually our, our legs would wither away Because you wouldn't be using them anymore In the future Because it would all, be, all be brain power and stuff like that And they're not too far off off the mark, really uh, I think <laughs> you look at the uh, back in the 70s They had a big splurge Of Japanese workmen's accommodation They were like hives Just big buildings With with, with crawling type places Where you could sleep There's there's their little bed and, and their mattress on the floor And up in the corner They'd have a little TV Miniature TV set and so on And these were set up for workmen At the time And China probably had the same things too And we all looked upon it with, with curiosity, uh, wondering how folk can manage that. They said, well, these are workers, and they can be transient-type workers and uh, working on construction here and then maybe another city in, in a month or two's time. And so they set these things up for them. and it was, But they're all quite happy. They all said that. They're really happy because they, they're, they're, they're little private compartments, even though you couldn't stand up in them. When you think about step by step by step, you're getting trained into these smaller and smaller units by our masters, of course. Who, who? They, when you're in a socialist system, experts run your lives. But the intention is not to let you think that they're running your. The whole point. You, you might react to it. You see, so that an idea is is almost morphs. <laughs> it morphs through the ether to you through bits and bytes of information. And, and you, you're programmed. You are programmed to do what they want you to do and to behave the same way too. Uh, that's always been the goal, the ultimate goal of the true Soviet man, remember. The Soviet man and woman eventually wouldn't even have money. You wouldn't need money. That was the idea too. Credits might be the way, but you wouldn't really need it because you'd all be so well behaved Ultimately, there would be no greed because all eventually all your, your needs would be supplied to you in massive warehouse type factory style stores, which we have now, of course. But this is way back then they talked about it. They even talked in Marxism about having one factory that could supply the shoes for the whole Soviet system. This one factory, another factory could, could be built to, to supply all the light bulbs. Of the whole, the whole Soviet Union and Europe and so on. I mean, you see, well, we gave it all to China, huh? You think that was all coincidence or something? We make nothing here now. And what I'm saying is, there's nothing happens by itself. It's not just coincidence over and over and over. No, it's not at all. And above all, the the Hubble bubble. Of toil and trouble, of wars and everything else, and economic crashes, etc. Above all, there's a global structure managing all of this. There really is. You're supposed to be kept down on on a lower strata of understanding, just the basic fear mode of wars and Middle East and, and bombs and things like that. And, and see, that's where you're supposed to be stuck. You're not supposed to understand the higher, the higher stuff above it all. And you'll never understand anything unless you do and, and you must understand that, that each time you want to go and do something Think, who, who would approve of me doing whatever I'm going to do, you see? And who would disapprove of me doing what I'm just about to do, you see? And just because you can't see people directly Doesn't mean you're not getting managed by them Of course you are, you're getting managed every day by them If you're on the computer, for instance you're being prompted of what to look at. You're being prompted of uh, what is a good person is supposed to be. And don't look at that. Don't bad people look at this site or whatever happens. You know, you're constantly being managed and monitored, of course. It's astonishing. It's absolutely astonishing, really. How easy it is to train the public to be what your elite want you to be. Now, for an example, in repetition, because we're trained by repetition in a sense. When things work, and they do studies on everything we do and what we think and how we react to things. And they know what works on us, you see, behaviorists and psychologists, etc., uh, especially with the internet, in real time, they can they can put out a f- fake or whatever meme they want to do and watch everybody react to it and chat and so on. And, and they do their instant studies by algorithms, etc. And they're pretty accurate in what works. But I was amused to see the same kind of rhetoric being used by uh, Donald Trump. Uh, because it's written for him by his, his scriptwriters, you yeah. Uh, as it was, as the same uh, things that Obama came out with too, written by his script writers. And way back to, to George Bush uh, with, the, the, with the Gulf War, well, with uh, <laughs> Operation Iraqi Freedom, right? <laughs> and, uh, and where the, where the media had, had cleverly altered step by step. And it was a psychological operation, which was admitted later, by the way. Massive scale. Once they got the the war going in Afghanistan, which was on the list, of course, before it all happened with the Twin Towers, after a while, they managed to, it took them a year to start to shift the sights for the public to think that Saddam Hussein in Iraq had something to do with it, which he didn't, of course. But what was interesting during the inquiry afterwards, once they'd put uh, Iraq back into the Stone Age, uh, which was the agenda, by the way, Written And I, I give talks about it at the time, because I know that I, I read articles by Brzezinski, who had confabs with his pal Kissinger about it, and Kissinger said that the main intention for, for this kind of war against Iraq and other countries on the list, which is a peanut group, uh, he said the main intention was to so destroy the, the nation of Iraq, as an example. They could never ever formulate again together as a nation. They'd be, they, they would create so many factions afterwards. They would, could never really be a stable nation again. And then there'd be no, no threat to any particular country around them, basically. And that's never changed. That's what's happened to this present day. But what was interesting, the June inquiry afterwards, Afterwards, it was, a, it was like a, a very informal inquiry about it when they they said to, to to George Bush, Why did you attack Iraq? And they said, Well, you know, you're you trying to infer, they said you inferred that, that he was behind 9 And George Bush quite honestly said, You know, when a few times that they're honest, when they're very cocky, you know, he said, Well, I never said that Saddam Hussein had anything to do with America being attacked, he said that he was just a bad man and the world is better off without him, and a big smile on his face. And you pretty well heard the same thing, the same the same type, this, see these are psychological responses written by experts who just look up the book, up the manual, and what do you use in this circumstance, why well, you use this, this works with the public. And then you heard that just the other day there after the u s took out an Iranian uh, military leader and and, gave, and there's there's Trump saying the same thing well, he was a bad man he's responsible for lots of death blah blah blah, and so on so being a bad man, no judge jury or trial, nothing being a bad man according to world leaders remember who've got uh, you know, complete militaries under their under their fingers supposedly, and with buttons no whole but can just decide who's bad and all the rest of it without any kind of uh, public inquiry uh, investigation beforehand or anything else or judge jury uh, is just done that's that should terrify people but it, it, it never does really folk yeah, folk accept everything very quickly most people in a way and uh, it's like deja vu. Over and over and over our groundhog they just keep seeing the same things over and over again the same tactics are used the same excuses are used because they're all from the excuse manual it's psychological warfare operations this what you tell the public in this circumstance they they'll make it don't don't get too elaborate with with your reasons because then you can shoot holes in, in your in why you did it so make it very simple and and as obscure as possible don't don't tell them much you see and that's what you get right now. Because the, the object has nothing to do uh, with just killing one person. It, it, it's, it's a, you've got to look at uh, the techniques of embargoes, right? The embargoes with Iraq before, the, the, dem, the decimated Iraq was bad enough. And they had um, Madeleine Albright and other ones on the on the head of the the, the the board at NATO, supposedly, uh, security councils, etc. Um, and she was asked when, when they had an embargo and folk were starving to death and children were starving to death and they couldn't get medicines in or anything like that. They'd already destroyed, by the way, some of the, the big medical, pharmaceutical facilities already. All infrastructure eventually was to be just destroyed. But before they totally did it, they, they, they said that um, they tried to starve the folk in submission. Now you think about, if you truly had a bad man, a bad man, you know, uh, just running your country, you, how would you feel if some country starved you to death uh, and all that, um, and stopped and literally couldn't, didn't allow you to sell anything abroad to get money coming into the country to feed yourself? How would you feel if it happened to you because there was a bad man yeah, running you, you know? Think about it. And so let's slaughter the whole bunch of the people because of a bad man and his little regime at the top, who keep everybody suppressed, supposedly. That's what we're told. Even though Saddam Hussein at that time was a CIA asset, been trained by the CIA, set up and put there by the CIA. And believe you me, that's, that's a big warning to anybody who's used by the CIA. Eventually, uh, they'll use you and use you and use you until you're expendable. And then they'll use you again by having you sacrificed. You know, that's, that's really what they'll do. You, you have no friends, you see. When the CIA comes to you, you, you believe you me, the CIA has no friends. They're, 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 in fact, it's almost to me, I, I, I like a child's mind in that children have an, an, an ability Nice of an ability to see people. I gave a talk about that back in the nineties too. When you when you hear children talking about like a wolf, you know, they can see in their minds eye a person as a child. You sense something, You know like a, a dog will sense who's good and bad, and that type of thing. But children could do it too. They could sense some, and they, they don't have the vocabulary to explain why you don't like somebody. So much, but it's a sense to get. So it's like a wolf or like a something or blah, blah, blah. Well, that's how you have to you try and retain that. You should try and retain that forever through your life because it's a survival mechanism for, for all of us not to be fooled by glib-talking whoever happens to be professionals who, who want something from you or they want you to do something. And uh, and you should never do it. You, you get a sense this is wrong. You get a sense when and it's more than that. It's so it's never been so blatant for those who want to know what's going on as it is today. And it won't last long because censorship's coming down so fast, as we well know. But Quigley, getting back to Quigley on his talk about World War Two, he said that all the media in Britain at that time in the thirties was owned by. Uh, big power moguls who literally all belonged to the Royal Institute for International Affairs, this massive private club. This is CFR in America, you see. And, and they decided to terrify the public, terrify them, to, so that they get ready. Got to, you're preparing the public to hate another country, You understand? Because they want you to eventually go and fight that country, and you don't know anything about it. They've been preparing this for years. It's just the, the 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 cannon fodder are the only people who don't really know about it. So you must train the people who are civilians and they work in grocery stores and different things like that, and make that, and train them for what's coming along the pike that they don't know themselves. The children, the, the young, the people don't know. <laughs> They're kept like like children, uh, but the ones above you are training you and training you step by step to hate the enemy. You see. Before you even know that they are an enemy, but the ones who, who rule you certainly do know, and they want them eliminated. Nothing's changed. In fact, it's even more precise today with the techniques used with mass communication, right to your cell phone or right to whatever it is your computer or or your your TV. You know, you're all getting the same data at the same time, the same update, same programming at the same time, in in order to to get you ready for something. You see. So you'll have the right response. Now, the right response is not turning your back and say, I'm not going to have anything to do with this war. The right response is is, is going into a form of shock and fear. And I'll leave it to the professionals. They must know what they're doing. They must have. Because see, you wouldn't. It's like, I can remember where people in the past are often accused of coming out with certain kinds of statements and used but you have to often what they're doing is using other people's statements before them you see so you've got to really find out who really said it and it's, it's quite un- enlightening as often their enemies, but anyway it, you, you'll find that goebbels for instance in world war Two, germany he, he he said that uh, and supposedly adolf hitler said it too but they got it from previous people before him but they said uh, if you're going to tell a lie to the public right uh, to get them to do something is is make sure it 's a big lie because everybody lies you see and right down to to the innocent white lies, but everybody'll lie and you, people because they lie will will they, they can accept small lies oh that 's a lie by so and so but if you tell them a real big, big lie that's got incredible consequences for everybody, you see, you wouldn't do that as a little liar. So you can't imagine anybody actually really going that far with a massive lie So, because you, you wouldn't do it. And that's why they get away with it. And nothing's changed. That's really how things really, really are. Tell a big lie. And that's what you've had your whole life long, when it comes to war after war after war. Get big lies are absolute nonsense now you have to really stand back and say wait a minute here people front people like bush and every other one that comes afterwards they're all bought and paid for because your country you see is conquered (laughs) but they probably again are not supposed to ever ever figure that out Uh, it's not good you know knowing that you're totally conquered you might get some real resistance then and so you have to keep the sham going that somehow you're in a democracy, even if you're really in a republic, it doesn't matter. But but when you have the front man saying, you know, it's a good thing, you know, and we're better off without this person or that person, and they've they've just spent millions of dollars with either attack drones or something or whatever just to kill somebody. It's quite it should be rather frightening, really when you think about it, because we know we're going, we are in. We're not just going into a more tyrannical, controlled society. We're in it, uh, but it's, it's going to it, it progress. Years ago, I imagined even having uh, the, the little drones. remember doing the articles, in fact, where the Pentagon admitted, admitted that paid millions of dollars for experimental t- tiny drones that looked like birds, for instance. Uh, they even showed you uh, little clips and videos of, of experimental ones. They had little robotic things that, that could uh, spy on people, and that's what it was about. Some of them were like the vampire ones, little, little bats for, for for more dusk-type uh, scenarios or, or uses. And other ones were birds. They could recharge just at your cell phones. Some of the cell phones now come park and do that by sitting on uh, electric lines above the ground. Or even telephone lines, they could actually get uh, recharge, recharge themselves off those lines by sitting on the field, the electrical field around it. They had wonderful little things like like birds that could follow you along the streets, and and nick into the door if you're going into an apartment building just behind you, and and even crawl on the walls and things like that. They, this is years ago. They had this kind of stuff. You see, because the society you're you're, you're going into, we're to actually as I say, is a monitored, controlled society. That's the reason you were really given the computer, by the way. It wasn't to help you out. It was to completely monitor everybody, everybody eventually in the planet, except the ones who rule you. They've had exemptions from it. In fact, they have a different internet system, in fact. But, uh, but for the rest of the public, you see, uh, you've got to be totally controlled and predictable, utterly predictable. And so here we go, going through the next series of wars To me, honestly, it's like a nightmare I remember giving these talks so long ago And it's just repetition, because it's the same list of countries That are to be taken out so the Years can pass if they can't get their way And I'm going to give lectures on it, because, and I certainly could but years have passed, and they didn't quite pull it off in all those countries that were on the list of the Peanut group. So they'll keep going and keep going. If it takes another 20 years to do it, they'll do it. But they're determined now with Trump. That's why they put Trump in, by the way, if you didn't figure that out. Uh, they put him in uh, to, to, to accomplish the task of the Peanut group. That's why he's surrounded by the same people, basically, with the same mantras. And that's why you're hearing the same mantras, in fact. But it's the same bunch of countries. I can remember back when uh, Iraq was uh, attacked. And it was attacked and invaded, remember, by the U.S. and Britain and a few other helpers and so on, but mainly the U.S. and Britain. And, and it hadn't, remember, it had not attacked anybody outside the U.S. or not. It hadn't done it. It was all made up. Because they were on the list of the Peanut group. That was the reason they were taken out. All the countries in that area, around that area, I'll say around, were to be demolished back to the Stone Age, as I said, until they could never get together as a, as a formidable, coherent uh, country that would pull together as a nation under times of stress and even have war-making abilities or even defense. Of, as a, they could never even unify for defense if you create so many factions. Libya was on it too. Syria was on it as well. Yemen, and uh, I think Sudan was on it too. And it was published back in the 90s, and then twice actually, and then in 97 it was published again. And then, of course, the Bush group with the same PDAC members that, that, <laughs> that drafted it all up were in power by then, and away they went to war. And it takes all this time, they're still at it. Millions have died here. Yeah. Millions of people, you better say millions, when they starved, again with embargoes, which are hellish things. They, they stop you from importing, exporting, and, and eventually you can't even feed yourself and you starve. And you're supposed to just put up with it. You know? this, is, this, is, this is supposedly is a more humane way of, of having a war, starve the folk to death. And what they'll also say is, um, well, you see, they're going to for- that's going to force the people to to to, to be stabilise, destabilise their own country, and th- overthrow the tyrant. You see, the tyrant being whoever happens to be running their country. Well, all I remember is you never heard much about Syria before, you never heard much about uh, Libya, not really. Uh, a lot of rhetoric in the papers. It was good for rhetoric, you know. And and you also had. had uh, Iraq was, was fairly quiet for years. And but and it was all, all the different tiny little fractions that could explode were all kept under by strongmen. And that's what the that's how you kept them working, these countries working. You had to have a strong man in charge. And once you eliminate them all, it, well look what happened. That was intentional to destabilize them all. Not to help anybody or help them <laughs> or the people and no, no. Nothing to do with that at all, folks. No, not at all. We all know what's going on here. But um, I can remember Madeline Albright, as I mentioned before, when she was out on television, that at that time, with embargoes on Iraq, before they went in to totally bomb it from the, to the Stone Age, uh, the embargoes alone, they said, you know, it's killed half a million people so far with starvation and disease, and and, and they can't even get medications or even vitamins, you know. And he says, is it worth it? And she says, oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. These are the psychopaths. And you should be very afraid of these characters. They remind me more of strange insects. Uh, an insect you see is programmed. It can't be any other way. An insect has no affinity for anything around it or any, anything it's going to eat, even even other insects. It just does it as programmed. And that's what these characters, You, you can't, I can't relate to them. I really honestly can't as being human. I can't relate to them at all. And if these characters are in charge over over, over very authoritarian regimes which are getting worse and worse, you should be very, very afraid of it and therefore stop it from happening, honestly. Because it's getting all around you now. And it never ends up nicely. It ends up as a horror show eventually. It starts off with, don't think this, don't say that what made you ask that question But du, 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 you see That's how it all starts off And then targeting different segments Of society And, and, and that's why the white folk Are getting hammered right now For what, for existing? <laughs> Most white folk Honestly are descending from people Who never ever had it good at all In reality too Embargoes are meant To provoke the country Your target Into attacking to break out of the embargo And attacking the ones who are causing it The idea being To have your virtue as, as a non-aggressor All we did was stop them from eating You know And getting food And that's all we did <laughs> So when a real uh, physical attack happens against you You can still stand up and say Well you know We, 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 we didn't want this to happen we, We've tried other methods Meaning starving them to death you know? Think about it. What would you do? <laughs> and this is what happened to Germany too before World War uh, Two. It, it may be a completely different outcome, and no war at all, at the mean concessions and all the rest of it. And don't forget that Germany at that time was <laughs> put up there, even by like Time Magazine, as uh, Hitler was put as Man of the Year in like 1933 or so. So uh, don't forget, um, you, can, you, can, you can goad and goad people into, into absolutely desperate actions as well. Desperation. And that's what's happening right now with uh, Iraq. I can remember, that, as I say, the first attack they had with Iraq, certain elements that would benefit from having enemies wiped out uh, said, told the U.S. presidents, don't stop there. Go right across through Libya and, and Syria." They were telling, this is in the newspapers, by the way, <laughs> it was amazing to see the U.S. being told what to do. And uh, it didn't quite work out that way, so they had to go back to using proxy armies, mercenaries, financed, made-up mercenaries, to attack Syria and, and in fact, um, to, to, to eventually take out Libya as well. And again, Libya definitely is gone. That's why you got so much migration because Gaddafi did keep uh, masses. You know, I mean, that's what you said. If you if you finish me off, it's only a wall to stop Africa from invading the whole of Europe. That's what you said, and that's true. If you have to look up, see what happened, and and who was getting money to try to um, divert mass migration. And, uh, from going across into Europe, and so it took out Gaddafi, guaranteeing that Europe would be completely changed forever, and that has happened, folks. You, you're looking at a chessboard here, but you just don't see the players, do you? But there's definitely players that we above you, way way above all this, making it happen. But anyway, the, the U.S. is here they go again, and so the the, the same old thing. Um, you, you embargo the, the nation. You force them to retaliate. retaliate. You even go them into it by bombing someone who was was part of the militias to try and keep the stabilization process going inside Iraq. Iraq had invited them in, by the way. You know. Because I remember this. They invited some of the Shiite uh, commanders in uh, with their military to work alongside the militias inside Iraq to try to keep the peace. And then you go and so you guaranteed you guaranteed retaliation. That's what they're after now, is retaliation. And don't forget too, the US and, and Trump said it too with Syria, when they were supposed to have been pulled out of Syria. Oh, we've still got troops with oil fields. We've still got the oil. Why is the US keeping a nation's oil supply from them? That's just the nation's that's part of their that's part of the part of the the, the income to keep the country going. Do you understand what's happening here? It's plunder. Of course, it's plunder. How can you have have the upper hand and be on the high moral high ground when you're plundering across? I remember giving the talks when, when Tony Blair, the one man band for international supposed socialism, <laughs> uh, wanted war in the Middle East with Iraq. I can remember it. And I remember warning people about so that. Eventually, you'll find out that they're going to be a big, big looting operation. And then, years, a few years later, I remember reading the articles on the air where it was admitted. I always tell you, a few years later, you know, and that the papers, the newspapers in Britain, said that that Tony Blair had invited some of the top uh, moguls for for oil, the oil industry, the big, the big corporations in. Before they attacked Iraq to divvy up who would get which oil fields to themselves, they're a big looting organization. I mean, this is plunder, folks. It's plunder. Let's be honest. There's no moral high ground here at all. It's, it's big, big business, and and really, nothing much has changed. At one time, we thought with World War One and Two. And in the Cold War, there was a moral idea to the forces. That's why guys would join the forces, because they didn't want a repetition of major world wars. And now you had the big bad bear looming at you, even though the West created the big bad bear from the start and funded communism and funded and fed them, even after the Bolshevik revolutions. The best enemies that money can buy is, is or buy and create. Well, nothing's changed. Uh, and the same, t- this is a sideline, the same tactic has been used with China. China didn't make it itself what it is. We signed agreements. I remember giving the talks years ago on it, where, where we, we signed agreements. Our, our pol- the politicians, they're not ours, let's, let's be honest here. They're little nobodies, you know, little puppets. But they signed all agreements uh, for free trade and the World Trade Organization and so on uh, with China, most favored nation, trading status, where we'd fund them up. Our tax money would fund them. We'd put hospitals, and we'd we'd fund uh, even and and the, the governments even put ads out for the big corporations pretty well. They say, look, if you move to China, uh, we'll fund your your transfer. Your your up when you move up wholesale from this country to China, we'll pay for you to move there, and anything you have to take with you, even you start your factories up, and then we'll then we'll train your your people and payer people to train the Chinese to take over eventually. So I can admit, this was unbelievable what was happening. So quietly. It was published, but not a, but most people you see don't think. Brzezinski said it in his book Between Two Ages. He says, he says the public shortly, this is the 1970s, he says the public shortly will be unable to reason or think for themselves. They'll expect the media to do the reasoning for them, and they honestly do now. The media is, is private, folks. It's not there to help you. It's always been politically employed by those in power to guide you along the path of least resistance for, for those who own you. <laughs> Basically, that's what it's for. But the public do, does it? Well, the media'll tell us what they what they worry about, don't they? You know, yeah, they often will tell you what they worry about, and it's, it's generally nothing to do with you. you know? But things you really should worry about, they're really going to tell you. They're really going to tell you. That's all. If they all knew. All the big moguls, they're in bed with the, the top international uh, financiers. They, they all knew that they were going to crash the economy in two thousand seven and eight, but they didn't tell the public. You know. Mm-hmm. They got all their loot out of it. They made profits of it all. That's how it runs the world. The same gangsters that bring in the wars and demonize whoever runs little countries so they can loot them and to get them out of the way so that the people who think that they should rule the world should be able to rule it instead, you see. This is what's going on here, folks. But it's honestly a nightmare having the same dream over and over and over again. It just never ends. The same list as well. And I'm going to touch on that tonight because time has gone on, as they say, and I should really get on with it too. Now I'll just touch on this one, right? I said this before, I told you Iran's always the target, has been for the last quite a long time. And before Christmas, I mentioned it too, and appeared that Iran will be next. And I said said too, the impeachment will will go all quiet if Trump just gets the war started because that's what he's there for. And you'll suddenly, like magic, you'll see all the media off his back, and and they'll start praising him. Because that's what he's been put in for, you see. Whoever does this job, as I call it the list, uh, is going to be the hero, you see, for those who really rule you. (laughs) But impeachment, trial and limbo is Senate leaders trade blows, it says. So there's there's a little clue there, and this is about Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer, it says. And how they, they, they've made zero headway on designing a bipartisan set of rules for President Trump. his an impeachment trial. In other words, it's stalling. This is the article that says that it's stalling. Well, no wonder. If he does what he's supposed to be doing, you see, which is a, a, always a mystery to the public who are not in on it, if he does what he's supposed to be doing and what he got put in for, he'll be a wonderful guy. He will, honestly. And so uh, that's on the cards, as I say. I'll put up this article here, so many of the original articles are disappearing like, like crazy down the memory hole, and that's what the internet for of course is the, oh well, put all your books you see on on, on, uh, on disk or, or PDF and don't worry about it in fact don't even keep it at home because put it all in the cloud and, and gradually even get censored off and down the memory hole it's all worked out that way before you were given the computer folks there are an awful lot of nuisance books out there, you know. So here's an article here, Global Warfare. We're going to take out seven countries in five years. I've given this talk so many times before. I could probably do it in my sleep. But it says Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and Iran. It says, and this is the video interview with General Wesley Clark, who was sent over there, remember? <laughs> and, um... And even he's got a history too, you should really look into it. It came out afterwards when he ran for politics, the cause about stink. But anyway, it says that the interview serves as a reminder regarding the diabolical timeline of America's hegemonic project as around the next target to be taken out. You know, as I say, this is an old an old article, really, re-put out again, originally published in 2007, about the list, but the list came from the Peanut Group from the 1990s. I'll say it again. You know. Seven countries in five years—that was the original plan. If they kept going, like like I told you, that the US was told to keep, don't stop there with Iraq. Cut them right through to all the way through into Syria and take them out too. But they didn't quite make it. Bennett says anyway, so seven countries in five years: Iraq, right, Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan. And Iran. That's a list. This is from a talk uh, that General Wesley Clark gave um, with Democracy Now. And the video, the video literally, uh, I'll put up a link. It'll, it'll vanish very quickly. If you can copy, if you can copy and streaming, do so. Because uh, as I say, things are just vanishing like you wouldn't believe, honestly. But that's how things work in reality and deception. Right? That's what intelligence is: is deception. I hope you understand that. And the first people who'd be deceived are, are, are their own countries' populations so that so you'll get on the moral high ground on board with your governments, folks, for what they implant to do. So here you go. You, you, if, I mean, don't forget, there's people heard this their whole life. They're not that old. Well, they're old enough, you know, from the 90s to the present time. This is all I've heard, the, the wars with these same countries, folks. The list, the list, the list. And there was there was no um, secret at the time who drew the list up, but also in this article is in print. Right on Tuesday, I, uh, I interviewed Wesley Clark of the Ninety Second Street Wide Cultural Center here in New York City before a live audience. So there's there's even a printout of what was what was said. If you can't get the the actual video itself, and I know all this vanish again because every time I put these things up, they vanish actual videos. Benny, anyway, what do you think of the generals who run for president? And Clark says, I like them, as happened before. Will it happen again? It might, He says. It says, later in the interview, I followed up on that question. Will you announce for uh, for president? I haven't said I won't, because he, he was going to run at the time. But they go through the list of, of countries, see? and he explains what happened to him, because he was given the list and told that we're going to take all these, he had no idea that we're going to take all these countries, but he was given the list and he was, he was rather shocked. And he, he talks about this in his live interview at the time. And it's a keeper, folks, for those who want to understand what happens. What he tells you from a top general who was over there, right, leading armies, hmm, an invasion, you understand that it's very volatile, uh, uh, the, the, the different countries that he was attacking. If they knew who was attacking them, not just Americans, they'd be right, even more furious. It's, it's astonishing what goes on, folks. That the people don't know, or the public they just never know what's really, really going on. I'll put that one up, folks, and then this one too. It's a good, simplistic in a way, but but at least it's, it's it's better than nothing at all. How controlled explanations are achieved, it says. I'll take stuff from anybody uh, who's been involved in anything like this. I don't care who they are, as I say, but when it comes to how the mind works and how, and how you're used and, and how psychological warfare works and so on, this is how controlled explanations are achieved. It's a good article on how the, the intelligence agencies who, that plan big, big, big events. Um, already have the explanations written up before they make the first move, you see, for the public. So this is how, this is how they, they, they call it controlled explanations. Like, and it gives an example, before the dust was even cleared, within about 15 minutes of this, the Twin Tower supposedly being hit or whatever, in New York City, nine eleven. 11 within about 15 minutes, across all the media, uh, they had a top uh, US uh, politician saying, It was Ben Laden And that's all they heard Ben Laden Laden. No one says How come you know already It's Ben Laden You see Even though Ben Laden uh, Some of Ben Laden He he vehemently denied They had anything to do with it On the different uh, videos That he put out himself Doesn't matter You see They've got to You've got to get a reason To invade countries And destroy them And loot them Right Big big plans And all the All the The Pipelines of oil and everything, gas they had planned for that whole region All these different countries owned by about two countries that had nothing to do with them um, Were all drafted up there too They showed you all these things, they're still going on today All these countries that have demolished, they, they, they loot all the oil and gas from them So I'll put that up anyway, because the time's getting short here That particular article I just want to mention too uh, the, the, the papers, as you have noticed, have Jeffrey Epstein's socialite Madame uh, Ghislaine Maxwell been hidden from the FBI in a series of safe houses because of the information she has on powerful people. But they're, they're saying that she's possibly uh, even in Israel. But I'm, I'm waiting for the movie. I'm surprised that I buy you anything. Uh, there's, there's top producers working on it. It's a big, big. Uh, they might even do a book first. I don't. Most people won't read it. You see, they want video today. They don't even want audio anymore because they can't seem to get little pictures of cartoons in front of their faces and things. But really that's how you're trained folks. And if you can't sit and listen and use your own mind With what, what you're listening to, you'll never retain it. Anyway, um yeah, I'm waiting for the movie to come out. That'll be quite the movie, eh? It's got everything sex, violence, extortion, blackmail, you know, and a lot worse too and yeah. What a movie, eh? Think about it That'd be a blockbuster If you get the right people to do it Also, again, impeachment trial in limbo As the Senate leaders trade blows And they'll keep it in limbo And if Trump doesn't get on with uh, slaughtering uh, uh, And grabbing the loot in those countries uh, For his masters Then, yeah, he's going to get uh, he will be in the bad books again So he's going to get on with it They've used proxy armies We've trained proxy armies We've funded proxy armies It didn't work out too well And now a lot of these proxy armies are across Europe (laughs) living as refugees, supposedly, or migrants. And uh, what a a hellhole it creates, eh? And now you're going to get masses more migrants if Iran gets hit, obviously. Iran has been bringing people out for years now, because I wouldn't live in that country either, when you know you're on the list. You've watched what happened to the rest of them on the list, eh? And then you have Iraq to reconsider working with US-led troops after the airstrikes understand that, that, that Iraq is supposed to de, de decide itself what militia groups are going to help them and they, they're employed. They employed the Iranian militia group that Trump's been blasting against international treaty and all the rest of it. Quite amazing, eh? What's going on here? But what wh- the laws matter when you've got big big powerful interests with big propaganda specialists ready to get it going. Another one too is I put up the rockets, land closed to the US Embassy in Baghdad, no known casualties and so on. I could go even further, actually, with many. This is no, no time, but even in Britain, I remember giving talks years ago in Britain, because uh, stuff was filtering out into, the, into some of the media at the time. It was Bonafide, and they, they said that Britain uh, were, was training guys who were born in Britain from some of these countries, the Muslim countries that are born in Britain, to go over there to be, basically, agents and, and, uh, and, and work for the military over there. And then they come back home and it's oh, you've got all these problems. But the fact is, that we, they, they create. you have no idea what goes on. You have no idea. For 30 years, MI5 um, had terrorist assets in Manchester and different places, which they trained and sent them over to those countries to act as mercenaries, and then you see them on television supposedly being uh, anti-Syria or, or, or Syria freedom for Syria, all this kind of stuff. No, no, no. These were trained mercenaries. Um, quite amazing. Yeah. And then you get blowback. They come back again, and they're not too happy with you. And they're, they've already tasted the blood many times. And uh, it's no big deal to kill again, is it? Trump's own wag the dog as Iran hit job a distraction for impeachment lynch mob back home. I'm not really up on this article here, but it does go into the to the to the wag the dog scenario as a distraction. Um, but really, I think that it's different. I think really Trump will do what he's told, or else he's going to have trouble. You know. uh, Turkish Parliament authorizes Libya deployment. Well, here you are. I mean, he, he, now, once again, next door to Syria, you're going to have a, 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 and more troops coming in with agreement of the U.S. and NATO. It well, won't stop there. This is, this is going to go on and on and on, you know that. And lots of folk are getting to slaughtered again. Hmm. Turkish Parliament backs government plan to send troops to Libya in emergency session, it says. And him Turkey sending troops to Libya would be no solution to the chaos caused by the 2011 NATO intervention It wasn't an intervention They bombed Libya into the Stone Age and looted it naturally And massive gold reserves for, for the population, for pension all, all disappeared folks, all planned that way Same thing happened though in Iraq, you know they even had bets on on the 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 very ancient artifacts in the museum in Baghdad when the military were and the military were told to stand round and 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 this other group moved in and stole all the stuff. That's a fact I'm not kidding you and they ended up in private museums oh, folk have no idea of the truth of things you know. Once again, you'd never believe it because you wouldn't tell such a big lie or do such a terrible crime—a little crime, maybe, you know—but but not a big one. Right? And this stuff about uh, the the green uh, zone and so on, and and around Baghdad around the, the palace and all that the old palace—it's utter sort of nonsense, folks. The U.S. had—they actually built a massive compound, near it's, it's like a—it was like four square miles, you know. Enough to, to house uh, armies, that's what it, was, what it was created for initially. And then when it's handed over, eventually, after many failed uh, handing overs, <laughs> um, it's supposed to be uh, back to Iraqi ownership, basically. As this, this proxy uh, head or heads run Iraq right now. They're all puppets, of course. And the beauty here, Mike Pompeo, the man you can trust, right? The old CIA filth. U.S. does not seek war with Iran, says Mike Pompeo. That was in May 2019. Of course, he did. You can look at that face, would you? Meanwhile, he's been busy as a bee back and forth with uh, certain people across there, getting it all set up. Eh? Quite some. is a face you can believe, eh? And uh, what else have I got here? I'll put an article up too. I've mentioned it before. That uh, Craig Murray, the historian, former ambassador, and human rights activist, um, he really did put it out about the the nonsense with the, with the fake poisonings in Syria before they they blamed Assad with, and uh, and I and I put up a couple of weeks ago an article too by members of the teams that were sent in to to analyse this, and this is an official World team that sent in. Under the UN to test the stuff, and they didn't find evidence of the stuff either. And but they were, t- but they, they couldn't believe that their own leaders were told to lie. Evidence politicized. You can't believe in it. You read, folks. And then war again on the front burner is another article here too. This is a nonsensical statement below from the Pentagon announcing the U.S. government had committed an act of war against Iran, should frighten everyone. The strike was aimed at deterring future Iranian attack plans. It says, well, let's go and kill the folks and wait to see if they hit us back. Eh? <laughs> because because they haven't been successful so far. They've starved starved them in the whole bit and they've stopped them from selling any oil. But now that they've got little deals going on behind the scenes to, that uh, China might buy their oil and stuff like that, well, you've you got to stop that, folks. You can't have them feeding themselves again. Eh? And Trump ordered the assassination of Soleimani And the Middle East prepares for a possible war Really, uh, well, you'll pay for it all Because we pay for it all, don't we? We, we, we pay for everything And uh, the big crooks end up getting all for nothing And uh, they get diluted And they get oil and the gas And all the rest of it, etc, etc So I'll put all this stuff up tonight Sorry I'm rushing through it all But to say, it started off with just massive psychological warfare Right down to the of how you dress and, and why you dress the way you dress and all the rest of it without knowing really where it all comes from, including the massive tattoos that became an incredible fad over the last, what, 15, 20 years, just suddenly. But it's all from TV shows and so on, and folk, monkey see, monkey do, they say, and away they went. Uh, but, but same with pink hair and spiky hair and all the rest of it, it's all given to the folks, and they never really fathom it. They just adopt it, thinking, well, it must be normal because it exists. Pretty sad, isn't it, how we're so easily managed, especially when when it's done so unconsciously, in a sense, by the majority of the public. We learn by osmosis. We don't really think things through. It filters through into bit by bit and, and, and bite by bite, you might say. And digital formats today... Because folk don't have to spend the time to really look into much at all, that's the sad truth of all. They get bits and bites of headlines and things and that becomes official stories for them. And even the psychologists and, and, and manipulators at the top and the behavioral insights teams that manage us all through the internet um, know that. They, they know that through just through headlines alone and a sequence of headlines. Like b- 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 a sequence of them you'll come to a conclusion without even even reading any articles just seeing headlines, no kidding that's how intense it is but I, I feel so sorry for for people across the world going through the same stuff over and over again and we've watched the, the total elimination of countries that were, you could even say they were, they were not third world countries, they were up and coming and so on and Demolished, and all the resources stolen from them. And Libya had, apart from the the the, had no debt. By the way, Libya, (laughs) everybody was pretty wealthy in that country. Uh, Totally, all all their pensions, their whole everything's stolen from them. Stolen. We even know who stole it. We know all that stuff. Sad, isn't it? But that's the system we're living in, and we're going to get more years of it now. Because I, I knew it years ago when they put Trump in, I knew exactly why he was being put in there, and you would take time to get it all gone, and um, and that's how they've done it. You see that they, they haven't just uh, gone off half cocked. Uh, it's been planned for ages. The resources trained up, uh, and don't think that they've they've got multi thousands of troops over in different bases across the Middle East ready to go in. So don't think that we're sending a few troops over. That's nonsense. <laughs> They've been preparing for this for years. Anyway, there we go. I hope you all have, uh, can survive what's coming up. And let's hope they don't crash the economy at the same time. I don't think they will. I've often thought that's the reason why they keep the U.S. economy afloat, whatever there is of economy, because it's not a manufacturing economy anymore. Because a whole bunch of corporations have their bases In America doesn't mean there's work It might be great for the stock market But it doesn't mean there's work for the people, it's not at all I can remember when they used to call it a jobless recovery when Obama was in And even before that the same terms were used in Britain when Blair was in The jobless recovery they called it Because corporations might make lots of money But uh, that's in the hands of a few And the US literally has kept afloat by magicians who have magical accounting but they'll have to get the job done with the wars before they'll eventually to- totally crash it they might give you little minor crashes but to totally crash it you've got to get the wars done and you think about it the, the loot that will come out of all these countries and already has come going to your private corporate hands and so on uh, but nothing goes to the taxpayer except the bill for all because you pay for it sad to say it's this repetition hell is repetition Help me take along and keep going by donating. Remember, order your books and discs at cuttingthroughtmadies.com. And sorry to start off the year with uh, th- this, but what can I do about it? I don't make up the news, you see, and I don't create the the bad stuff that happens in the world. So for myself, from Interior Canada, Alan Watt, it's night to me at God, how your gods go with you.